Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Emily. And my name is Andrew. And it's uh it's been a week. It has been a week. Yeah. It's been a good week for me. It's been a lot of things have happened uh, for both of us this week. Next week will be a bigger week for me, but this past week was a big week for you. It was. My goodness. I, uh, I've had this entire week off of work. I haven't trimmed my beard. I look like I'm probably not employed at this point. Um, I really do need to trim that up before I go back to work. But uh, yeah, no, it's been a really good week. We've had some really good friends from college visiting us from out of town. Got into a lot of fun, a little bit of trouble. It was a, little, it was a good mix. A little bit of trouble. You, th- you told me about a little bit of the trouble that was gotten into, and I won't get into it before. <laughs> but uh, I don't I don't envy you the trouble. And I don't envy the troublemakers. Of, for once, <laughs> wasn't me this time. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, be- good. I behave myself. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's good. It's good to, to wake up with a clear head in the morning, I suppose. I, I made solid life choices. I enjoyed many things. Uh, several hikes. The most gorgeous sunset I think I've ever seen in my life. Nice. Um, oh, that was wild. There's, so there's this. So we went to Bellingham, Washington for a few days. Uh, shout out to everybody from Bellingham because that little town was dope. It's um, cute. I saw Elvis Costello up there, and um, I think I think my band has a show up there at some point. I, it was my first time going up there. We got an Airbnb over by Lake Whatcom. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that right, but th- probably not. Um, it's never that, the way you think. It's never the way I think. But Lake Whatcom, W H A T C O M, was a great Airbnb. Did a little bit of hiking out there. Spent a little bit of time in downtown. Hit a couple of the breweries. Uh, was super blown away by the quality of the food and the beer. And the sunset that we went to go see was at Locust Beach, which is on the north end of downtown. And the deal with that beach is at low tide. All the water goes, most of the water goes out. So the water's only like an inch deep going out like a quarter mile offshore. So I was like walking out like onto the water and it looked like, and kind of felt like I was walking on water. But it was only like an inch deep. So I was looking at people off in the distance and like, it looks like they're walking on water from far away. It's super trippy. Yeah, it's pretty it, trippy. It just meant like I got a double dose of sunset because of all the water is perfectly flat and um, whatnot. And so I got like a really perfect reflection of the sunset on the bottom and the sunset itself on top. It was just full, gorgeous sunset vibes. The, it was super clear out. Um, yeah, really solid, like nice rainbow uh, sunset kind of thing going on. It was just so pretty. Nice. Nice. Yeah, it's gotten uh, after a literal month of rain, it's finally we're having some sunny days out here in Seattle and people are taking advantage of it. Yeah, it was, it was really, I went, I've been, went on two hikes last week, like, like solid, like most of the day hikes. And yeah, oh, I hate, I hate doing, I hate hiking. I just, I, I have such anxiety of like, not the, doing things like I, uh, yeah, no, it's not, it's, it's just not my favorite thing in the world. I, I like that people like it, and I like that people take my husband hiking because, uh, yeah, not my favorite. We did Rattlesnake. We hiked up Rattlesnake Ridge once, and then we went to the diner from Twin Peaks. I'm very motivated. Rattlesnake is pretty great. Um, one of the it was cloudy. What, we didn't see, couldn't see anything. Aw, well, that's sad. I've been at Rattlesnake a few times. Uh, it was really crazy the time when I went when there it was all snowed over. Uh, the one we, one of the one, the, the local hike we did down here in Seattle was Poo Poo Point, 
great. Not kidding. That's actually the name of a hike slash yeah. um, the point. It's yeah. called Poo Poo Point, like as in poop. We get it. As in literal shit. It is Poo Poo Point. I swear to <laughs> God, stop making me edit shit. It's so rude. It's it's rude. You're the one. Okay. If you keep cussing on this podcast, I'm going to stop bleeping. That's. I. That that's the one word I get for the pot for this episode, and uh, I I think that's fair. I am the one who edits them. That is true. So, just talk about the guitar store you went to, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So our last day in, in Bellingham, we we're walking around, and uh, Melissa, my wife, was like, "Andrew, did you see that there's a guitar store over there?" And I literally walked past it, didn't notice it. I feel super bad about that to begin with, but I was like. I didn't see it. Can, can I, can I go look at it? So I went to go look at like our whole like group walked into the store and I like immediately like, Ooh, there's a, there's a Gibson double cut and TV yellow with not original humbuckers. And I like started like asking the shop owner a whole bunch of questions. Like we're just going to disappear. And so they left me alone in the guitar shop for about 20 minutes. They had a 57 fender, champ nice deluxe i think I'm a little fuzzy in the details i was like half awake but i mean they had that was mostly original um that that gibson got to chat with the guy a lot he makes his own uh flat top guitars acoustics kind of oh, like a is, that, um, is it is it champlin's guitar shop it is oh i know that guy yeah by devin champlin that guy's really, really, really sweet. He has a beautiful singing voice. Beautiful singing voice. But yeah, he's a luthier up there. Um, he was in a band with my friend Sam called the Sons of Rainier, and they were just so, so lovely. Oh, Sam and Charlie from Devin was. He was super sweet to me. Uh, yeah. We had a really just, good chat. I think super sweet is his nature. I've, yeah. I, you know what? I've always wanted to kind of have him on the podcast. Damn it. Well, I, you I know forgot. what? I forgot that he was just up there. I did shamelessly plug the podcast and I got him to follow us. So I think he's following us on Instagram now. Uh, I think I'm going to have to follow up on that because the dude was a, like a super awesome sweetheart. Really enjoyed I the conversation. Him on this, he, I especially want him he on the podcast to do things. I just wanted to sing <laughs> on the podcast. He's just, oh gosh. yeah. Wait, you never voices. want me to sing? No, like nobody wants me to sing. Like, please don't. You don't want that. Yeah, um, but you haven't, you haven't heard Devin's voice. So he was in this band called Sons of the Rainier with my friends, uh, Sam and Charlie. And Sam, every once in a while, like, he, I, there's someone who has like a talking voice that is just like, I feel very affected by it. And so there's something about Sam's voice that was just so, it's just so instantly warm and friendly and has a lot of depth to it. Like, like it sounds like the voice of like a much older man. And uh, I... He also has a very good singing voice and writes really lovely uh, music and, and children's poetry. He lives in uh, New Orleans now, which makes me sad. But uh, yeah, so he was in Sons of Rainier with Sam. And now I'm thinking about Sam and Sam's voice. Just it, so like, yeah, there, this is getting way off topic um, before I, I talk more about it, uh, get, we, before we talk more about guitars. But like, and it just reminds me of my grandfather who always had uh, a very... His voice ha- was his presence, and um, I miss that. Aw. Yeah. 
Well, if you are ever in Bellingham, go check out Champlin Guitar Co. Uh, they're like right off of the downtown stretch. And it was a pretty awesome little shop right next to a cat cafe, too. So that's always a Aww. plus. Yeah, that's really nice. I'm sad now. Okay, uh, yeah, let's snap out of that. Um, I I didn't have a, a lot going on this week, but I did have a very fun thing happen. Uh, I finally got to meet our friend Michael Adams in person. He was Yay. playing, uh, yeah, his band, Fellow Robot, was playing the Blue Moon Tavern in Seattle, kind of in Wallingford New District area. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I got to talk to him and a bunch of friends. I met the other Mike from Mike and Mike's Guitar Bar. Uh, and some other folks and uh yeah it was a really really nice evening mike is just such so killer on the guitar and his stage presence is something to aspire to um and i got to meet pancake and i was almost more like starstruck by meeting by by holding pancake <laughs> than anything else yeah i've met mike and received a very tender hug literally one of the best hug givers on the planet he is uh, a good hug giver. Yeah, I didn't get to meet Pancake, and oh, Pancake's a dream. I think that's that's on my bucket list of things that I absolutely must do. Inanimate objects you must meet. I don't want to call a guitar an inanimate object. It came from something living. It's got some mojo. It's There's got definitely some, some sort of a spirit to it. Yeah, it is. It played like a dream. I really not to loved get it. like hippie man, but like guitars have like feelings too, you know. And a shout out to uh, JR from uh, Donut Sound. It was another uh, record label in Seattle I didn't know existed. Um, but he reps both Fellow Robot and the opening performer, Bundy. Bundy was also very, very great. So, uh, JR, you got you got an ear, buddy. Uh, that was I cool. do not know anything about that record label, but they sound pretty cool. Yeah, they are. I see what you did there. Uh, and then yesterday I had a fun day uh, with, well, I fun little afternoon with, with my drummer, Dan. Uh, so, you know, I have the Maw by Old Blood Noise Endeavors. I'm borrowing it for a little bit. Um, Maw. Maw. And Maw. I had my drummer come over. And I haven't mic'd, had to mic a snare drum since college. So that was an experience. Like Ooh. So like one and a half to two and a half inches off, about a 40 to 45 degree angle from the kit. I'm like, eh. and uh, I edited the, the, the drum video yesterday. And I just think it's so funny. Um just like watching because you're watching the sticks hit and at one point i turned the mix all the way up on one of the delays and then i uh changed the the rate on the delay so it's just like and it's like going out all out of sync with this playing and it was uh it made me laugh and it was it was a lot of fun so uh that demo uh came out yesterday if you're if you're listening to this on the 25th uh so check that out and uh yeah that's uh that's the week i had behind me i am gonna have a hell of a weekend in front of me though Oh, yeah, I am going to Texas with Sunday Crush. We're playing in Austin on Friday, Denton on Saturday and a free show in Dallas on Sunday. And I'm so stoked, especially well, Austin and Texas in general just have such great food. I always love going to Austin. I've never been to Dallas or Denton, even though I dated a guy from Dallas and Texas who I remember once I told this guy uh before the summer like oh maybe i'll come visit maybe i'll go to dallas this summer for a few days because he lived in dallas and he looked at me and said why would you do that (laughs) at that moment i knew he was gonna break up with me (laughs) yikes yeah um so i've never been to dallas uh though rick's been to dallas and he has a lot of fun but i am excited to meet up with the the folks from 
uh, braid manufacturing. They build those reclaimed parts guitars, like not oh, reclaimed yeah, yeah, guitar yeah. parts, but like reclaimed wood and stuff. And yeah. it's really like they take classic designs and then sort of turn them on their head a little bit. And so I'm really excited. Uh, they said they might bring bring one of those I can play around with. So that'll I think I love this band and the people in it and uh, playing shows with them. Uh, and traveling with them because we were in Portland last weekend and had a really fun time. <clears throat> and yeah, I'm just so stoked to uh, to travel with them some more. Awesome. While you're in yeah. Texas, you need to do one thing, not even for me, but I'm going to tell you to do it anyways uh, for our friend Sean Crawford is you have to go eat Whataburger. No, I don't. I've already eaten it. Do you and I agree about the inferiority of a burger place? I think it sucks. Thank you. I think Whataburger. Sorry, Sean. Love you, Sean. Hate Whataburger. (laughs) And it's not just because... Okay, so again, my Texas boyfriend always talked up Whataburger. Whataburger this, Whataburger that, Whataburger. And uh, so then when I was in Austin on business once, I was like, you know what? I see a Whataburger. I'm going to try it. Personally, took like 20 minutes for my fast food burger to come out it's like what this is like in and out wait time sucks and uh yeah but in and out gets to the line so fast of all i'm i'm just so i felt so robbed of a good meal in in austin uh when i ruined it on whataburger i could have gone to torchy's tacos i could have gone to torchy's tacos again and been happy but no i went to whataburger because someone told me Whataburger was delicious and it was trash. Well, I might be, I might be biased. I might, I think it was probably a, an okay burger, but um, when something gets hyped up to you that much. See, I, I don't get wigged out. Like when something's hyped out too much, but I did try it in 2013 or 14. Uh, I was in San Antonio for a weekend and I tried it and I, I don't entirely remember what I ordered. I remember ordering it was like whatever seemed like their standard, like um, kind of their standard, like flagship burger kind of thing. And yeah, I remember just remember eating it thinking this kind of just, I feel like this is something I would get at a backyard barbecue is kind of the vibe I got from like, I didn't, you know, we've all been to those barbecues we're like, Oh yeah, making burgers. And they're like, Oh, your burgers are so great. And everybody's thinking inside. Yeah, probably won't get a yeah. second one. I, it was, that was the kind of vibe I got. It was. It's not like it was bad, but it wasn't like, boom, flavor, like. I'm just I, like I, if I'm at a backyard barbecue, I don't want I don't want the burgers because the burgers are never good. Just just make me a hot dog. I'm just gonna have a hot dog. I just or wanted rot or something like. I wanted don't... to be taken to Flavor Town, and at the end of the day, I just felt very disappointed that the one burger chain that has my favorite color, uh, is uh, eh. <sighs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. Also, um, I think we just we, lost like a hundred followers on the podcast just for this conversation. By the way, there's so much good stuff in Texas, and just Whataburger ain't it? Yeah, that's, that's to, not for me. I'm gonna step out super quick. I'm so sorry. <sighs> well, it's just the two of us, dear listener. What should I say? Which I talk about. I'm sorry to all the Texans I have offended uh, with my previous statement about Whataburger. I just really wish I had gone to Torchy's Tacos or Home Slice Pizza or 
Chewies or something instead of the Whataburger. But I went to Whataburger and I was disappointed. I won't be going to Whataburger on this trip, not because I don't like it, but because um, I won't be going to Whataburger this trip because uh, one of my band members is a vegan and the other is a pescatarian. So I just don't think I'll be in our cards for this trip. A pescatarian? Yeah. He's a pescatarian. Mm. Yeah. Cool. You, uh, so go can ahead. You, can you ever really trust a pescatarian? Like, I don't know. Like, something always seems fishy about him. So remember the flipping flippers had that um that raffle? <laughs> I do, yeah, yeah. For uh, Mike Trombley, I'm wearing that reverb sweater I won. Nice. Mm-hmm. It fits. It's. I was gonna give it to you if it was too big, but it actually fits me pretty well. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're all good. I I also participated, but I didn't receive anything, which is fine. I also got I, I, a pedal from Big Ear and a wiring harness from Gun Street Wiring. I'm like, of course I win things for my friends. That's really funny to me. I'm only like a little uh, little personally grieved over the fact that I didn't win anything. But Yeah, well, I, I won a contest a, a few, several weeks ago and still haven't gotten what I was supposed to win from that contest. And I kind of don't think I ever will. And I'm not going to mention what it is right here because that's neither here nor there. I'm uh, going to hold out hope. Apparently with the coronavirus uh, production in China has basically, uh, it's at a standstill, which is understandable. Yep. People are for dying, a lot of things. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's kind of a, kind of a bummer. I, uh, mm-hmm. I, I know I caught a little bit of flack for saying comments about the plague, uh, but I, I genuinely don't wish harm on anyone. Just wanted to throw that out there and definitely bummed out about all of the uh, bad things happening. Hoping this, uh, this, ends soon yeah seriously uh you want to get into the topic which was submitted to us by supporters of our patreon if you want to support us and have input into our show uh head on over to patreon.com slash get offset uh we have a couple different tiers for you and you get special access to us and we actually will listen to uh your feedback no tears for fears just tears for fans that want to support us Tears also, speaking of support of the show, I wanted to shout out Jennings Guitars uh, as a sponsor of this episode because this guitar is awesome. And I think I'd like to make an announcement about uh, what I've decided to name this beautiful orange and white guitar. I know everyone was wondering. I know, I know, I know. We've talked about naming guitars in the past, and uh, I think I've settled on a really solid name. I'm very excited about it. And now I just got to figure out a strap situation to go with it. Uh, But from this point forward, this guitar is officially named drum roll, please. BB eight. Okay. Because love it or hate it. BB eight is an incredible part of the new trilogy of star Wars, the sequels. And uh, I got to say, I'm a fan of BB eight immediately a win because bb8 is orange but just the it all fits together so nicely and i feel pretty happy about that so uh if anyone happens to know of a bb8 themed guitar strap hit me up and or if anyone wants to make me a bb8 themed guitar strap also super down for that but definitely going to be in the market for that sometime soon what about Haley? maybe you can um that's that's how you say her name right Haley? yeah yeah no that's actually Uh, Maybe so she what, would. Uh, maybe you could commission her for something. 
Yeah, that's what I, I was thinking that um I was definitely thinking about that and probably will. Um I've been reaching out to her for some other things, super top secret, uh that you guys all get to hear about soon. What's Haley's uh, company's name? Can we give that Rocket Music Gear? Yeah, get their straps on reverb. She does some super rad stuff. Uh first of all, she like turned everybody's heads at NAM when she got um uh her LED strap. Yeah, that's, in the pretty, hand- that's pretty cool. She got that strap in the hands of Daniel Donato for the Fender Fender event, and good gravy, it just looked so dope. Uh, no, I would like I would like to get those for everyone in Sunday Crush. Honestly, I just need to do some convincing. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking I'm going to reach out to her and figure out some options there. But yeah. I mean, the, the quality is top notch. Uh, customer service also top notch. The innovation, just kind of thinking outside the box. I'm a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. She's killing it. Yeah. She is. I like her a lot. Um, and I know that you probably love that in and out strap she did for Joshua Heath Scott. Joshua the Heath Scott. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty and, cool. No, she did it for she did the it was Shake Shack for Joshua Heath Scott. Oh, okay. I respect that more. I I I will I will decide not to air my grievances now about a certain Mr. Scott's dislike of in and out. Uh we have we have aired those disagreements out in public on certain guitar forums in the past. Listen, I don't s- agree with Joshua Heath Scott about everything or, you know, probably a lot of things. I don't know. I agree with him that Shake Shack is a better burger. Well, I still haven't tried Shake Shack, so I can't totally disagree or agree. I can just say that in and out was a fin- fantastic burger and i am personally affected by the slander that joshua heath scott has brought down upon my beautiful burger right uh so the topic was presented this month um it's february which means it's black history month and um just basically the the idea flowed to us by a patron was just black history month to which i say well we're a couple white people so we, I gave a lot of thought about how like we could um, approach this topic, and I like there are things I don't want to do. I don't want to just like name a bunch of black performers that I listen to because honestly, I think that would be really weird. I think that there are a lot of performers I listen to, uh, and I just listen to them all the time. If but if you really want a list of uh, specifically black women who uh, play guitar and bass, especially from a historical perspective. Uh, she shreds magazine has an article that I'll link to uh, either in the show notes or the visual thread uh, that features a hundred, a uh, hundred black women who are known for playing guitar. And I will say, if you are snoozing on performers like uh, Celeste, it's Celeste Henderson, right? Uh, I thought it was Celise. Celise. Okay. Henderson I, I... and her and Yola. Uh, if you're snoozing on performers like that, you're missing uh, out. Yeah. You, you're, you're screwing up. You're just screwing up. Um, but I will talk about something that I, I really love lately is that brands have been uh, getting wise to featuring um, having a better representation, I guess is, uh what i'm trying to say um so fender has been like championing 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 
championing championing um artists like yola um i think yola might have been featured in a fender ad recently nice nice i think maybe her was in a pepsi ad yeah her that sounds uh, familiar for the super bowl yeah she was in a, a, a pepsi ad uh and that just like watching this woman of color just absolutely shred during the super bowl in a commercial i was like this pumping like this is this is how brands should be doing it and um gosh i'm just and then gibson had uh Celise at her at their uh nam event right they did that was unreal to witness in real life uh she also did uh snl she was uh she with performing lizzo. with lizzo lizzo and beyonce are um they are really so a lot of people wouldn't when they're asked like why don't you have women in your band why don't you have people of color in your band why don't you have women in color in your band or in your um in your orchestra or in your musical and people will say that this dumb thing well there just aren't a lot of you know women of color doing these things or people of color doing these things uh yeah lizzo and beyonce have shown that to be a lie because lizzo has i think all black women in her band as i think beyonce does as well and when beyonce did that enormous performance at coachella she had like an entire orchestra of black women playing every instrument imaginable like you and just like i i'm i know that even just for like a little white girl like me uh representation seeing women doing these things that are traditionally male was so so instrumental uh no pun intended uh in me pursuing music at any capacity whatsoever right 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 so it's really heartening to me to see especially just even the past few months between Fender championing, cha- championing, <laughs> uh, cha- championing Yola, Gibson, Solis, uh, uh, major brands like Pepsi, her, uh, oh God, it's so cool. It's just so cool. And it just feels right. And these are all women who are insanely talented, uh, and deserve it as much as anybody. So if you're someone who thinks that uh, they're getting special treatment because they're black, uh, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're just straight up wrong. And even if they were, it doesn't make up for all of the hardships they face for the same reason. It is still not even close to equal scales, y'all. I'm, I'm doing a scale thing with my hands where they're unequal. I can picture that. Like Lady Justice. Less blind, though. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know what else there is to say. Like, listen to black artists, support people of color, listen listen to black women. Uh, they have been a a group of of people in particular black women who have just been treated uh horribly by society um not listened to at all black women are a lot more likely to die in childbirth uh largely because doctors just in general are less likely to uh take their pain into serious consideration uh they think 
there's there, for some reason there's this in, in, in implicit bias that um people of color have a higher pain tolerance and uh that has led to medical malpractice essentially um especially in terms of childbirth uh black women's concerns aren't met uh, with the same level of severity as white women's concerns are in, in the delivery room. Um, and then you take into account facts like uh, children of color are more likely to be perceived as being older. Uh, that makes them a victim to, um, like, especially the women, to, to, to men who are preying upon them. Um, this can cause uh, police officers to... Uh, treat them with more hostility. They're perceived as a bigger threat. Um, when we see a 12-year-old child that's, who's black versus a 12-year-old child who's white um, doing anything that black child's perceived as being older um, and more of a threat versus the white child. And these are implicit biases that we have. Uh, that's just facts. Um, and it's And it's not... It's not to say that people are bad for these implicit biases. We have these as part of like, it's kind of part of our evolution to be able to make snap judgments about things um, versus constantly overthinking everything. Uh, but, you know, I, to be aware of these biases that we have um, and the prejudices caused from them is, is the first point part in, uh, you know, making the world better for people. I'm a huge fan of diversity and inclusion, and it's always super exciting for me to see uh, people who aren't, it's like not just another white guy uh, getting a lot of well-deserved recognition and attention and ability to show off what they bring to the industry. And I think, I think the music industry is better for it. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, a couple white people talking about black people in music, I'm sure is exactly what everyone wants to hear. All the time. Right, right. I mean, I, I, I could give my two cents and kind of jump in with my, what my understanding is a lot of things. Um, Isn't that why we have a podcast? Right. Uh, I, I want to keep my thoughts focused to um, my understanding of appropriation, have a little bit of conversation about the idea of appropriation. Uh, kind of let's define the term. Let's give a couple of examples of where we've seen that in music and then what we can all be doing to be aware of that as we uh, and all of our listeners who are creators, uh, just as we continue to create and be artists in this community and how to be respectful of the work of others. How does that sound? Sure. So definition of appropriation. I'm going to throw that back to you. Are you serious? Your idea and you want me to talk fine. <laughs> so appropriation. I'll, I'll um, give, I'll give my definition here in a second. I just want to hear what you, what your definition is and we can compare definitions just completely blind what we each think. Okay. Um, appropriation is a, a theft of culture. It's cultural blackface. It's um, like wearing, like treating another culture's music art um, as if it's a mask that you can take on and off. And the idea of, of uh, one of the reasons blackface being so offensive is that uh, you, you, you put on this mask and you want the things that you want from that culture. Um, I think an example being like an Indian headdress, which is, you know, not Black History Month, but still uh, wearing that without any real uh, understanding of the, of the weight that that object 
um, means to that culture, uh, kind of flippant usage, and uh, then you can just take that mask off whenever you want, and you don't have to deal with the the repercussions of being a part of of that culture. So to me, that's that's what appropriation largely is. It's um, it's theft of culture without uh, that balance of um, understanding and appreciation, which is why uh, there seems to sometimes be a very fine line, especially in art, about what is uh, paying homage to a culture versus what is appropriation. Right, right. All right. Um, I would give something fairly similar, uh, just more of, uh, to add a little bit of nuance, specifically when a dominant culture is, or cultural group is cherry picking bits of culture from um uh a a minority a a disenfranchised group uh, in a way that's uh not just disrespectful but um kind of tone deaf uh is generally how i've seen that um uh and up to and including taking credit for or benefiting from uh these particular cultural aspects ideas etc um that the dominant cultural is now benefiting from went um, kind of just hijacking it. It's like, oh, I like this idea. I'm going to take it. And because I'm, for instance, me being a white male, I can make this uh, more profitable or et cetera for myself. Um, kind of just taking that and running with it uh, in a way that's not respectful to where its origins, respectful to that people group. Right. So now we have our definitions. What do you want to, what else do you want to say about it? So I, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on uh, how we've seen that in music. Uh, I, I guess I can go first on this one. And I think an example of someone who is accused of um, uh, cultural appropriation historically has been Elvis uh, in the past. Elvis be, um, having kind of taken on this. Presley. Elvis Presley. Yes. Um, Not Perkins. Right. <laughs> so we've got Elvis Presley. He kind of took on this, uh, a lot of what he'd been playing, including um, a lot of his songs are almost um, blatant ripoffs of uh, music made by black musicians historically. And he kind of took it like, oh, I kind of like this. I'm going to take it. I'm going to run with it. And then he became an icon for that generation. And I feel like this just kind of taking it and that taking from that people group historically. I mean, that's just a lot of people have found that problematic in the past. And I tend to agree with that the problematic nature of that, just kind of looking back and reassessing and going, Oh, well, okay. I, that's not great. Uh, it, and obviously it's not like I'm going to go back and like tell Elvis off for it. You know, um, it's definitely a different time, but as it gives us a touch point to, as we look forward to it, um, continue to learn and to do better as, as the music industry. Uh, another example that comes to mind sort of recently uh, I guess not super recently, but there'd be um, Iggy Azalea. She was kind of accused of like, you're just this white chick and you come in and take on this hip hop um, persona mentality. And she like blew up overnight and it was great. But a lot of what she was doing, um, uh, what the, was explained to me is like, it's really pulling from a lot of traditionally um, black hip hop um, music and culture in a way that was not the most respectful so right yeah well there's a lot about elvis that was problematic uh, i think especially the song hound dog um i think it was mama thornton originally rec- uh, recorded 
recorded that and then he went and recorded and had a hit. And I think that's something that a lot of people aren't um, extremely aware of, unless maybe you've seen the movie Dream Girls. Was that? Uh, so, do you know what the right of first refusal is for songs? Do you know no. the rules concerning that? I so, don't. as as the songwriter of a song, you can choose who gets to first release that song commercially. Someone can't like hear your song somewhere else, um, like at an open mic night, record it and then release it uh, without your permission. However, once that song is commercially released the first time. Literally anybody can cover that song without any input from you. They don't need your permission. All they need to do is pay you. And normally that's done uh, through the Harry Fox agency. Uh, and then you still get your 9.1 cents per, per copy pressed and whatever that is for streaming, which is probably nothing. Uh, but what would happen would be that black artists would release songs written by black writers. And they would get a little bit of radio play on black radio stations. White performer would come in re-record that song get it on white radio and have number one hits and that was appropriation you can call that theft uh perfectly legal perfectly legal but it was a case of uh black performers creating art that was then essentially stolen instead of the black performers who originally created that art uh getting their due it was uh white people uh and another example of that just probably in general is uh uh, the, 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 the the mother of rock and roll, Sister Rosetta Tharp, invented rock and roll, didn't even get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for, I don't even know how many years. I think it was a pretty recent addition. But she's largely credited with inventing uh, rock and roll and just is starting to get her dues now, but for a very, very, very long time, just was it was withered away in obscurity. So historically, appropriation has been a major, major issue in rock and roll and um, in popular culture. And it may yes, not be Sister Rosetta Tharp wasn't inducted till 2018. That's insane. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has been around since like the late 80s, I want to say, early 90s. Uh, I actually don't know when it was started. Um, I, I know it's in Ohio. Yes, yeah, in Cleveland. I've been. It's pretty neat. That's always seemed like a really strange location choice in my head. Well, but. that's well, then you don't know rock and roll history, you <laughs> dork. Uh, so the, the term rock and roll was coined by a DJ in um, in Cleveland. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, he was he was God, he was so famous. But uh, oh, the name. Why is the name escaping me of who coined so the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was established by, in 1983 by Ahmet Erdogan, chairman of Atlantic Records. And the term rock and roll was claimed by Alan Freed claimed it, but he also probably stole that phrase from black people. It was slang for having sex is, the, is what the, um, the legend is. I don't know if that's true. That that definitely changes how I think about the term rock and roll. <laughs> Man, you gotta, uh, yeah. The the things, the terms come from. Okay, so rock is described. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, nothing interesting here. He yeah. So yeah, nobody knows for sure. Why? But yeah, uh, Alan Freed was uh, 
a Cleveland disc jockey. So that's why the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is there. Um, and Alan Free just got destroyed by Paola. Um, but that's that's something. If you want to listen to a podcast about Paola, um, I'm going to do a link uh, in the show notes to a podcast um, called American Scandal. I think it was season two talks about paola really really interesting stuff but that's a that's definitely a digression yeah so um historically yeah a lot of appropriation in rock music and our beautiful guitar music uh i think pretty much anything that uh black americans have done culturally white americans have you know also wanted to do except later and their own way um so everything from jazz to rock to hip hop um, to funk music. Yeah. It's, it gets appropriated. Right. Right. Which I think is definitely problematic. I do also think um, in the same breath, I think taking the moment to recognize how much uh, black folks in America have contributed to, to culture and how that's developed and been shaped over the years. I mean, this would not be the same world we live in today without that. And I, for one, am incredibly grateful for that. Yeah. American culture is black culture. Absolutely. Yeah. With, with a few, with few exceptions. So me as a musician, what are ways where I can pay tribute and, uh, and acknowledge and do my due diligence in respecting, uh, those around me in the music industry is uh, as, as a white guy without being pandering or like, what does that navigational set of steps look like for me other than just doing my best to be a decent human being? I think using your voice to um, amplify uh, black artists and the people who you admire, especially, I think that's the number one way is to, to amplify. Yeah. I'm doing this now, but you know who else is doing this or who did this before me, or I got this idea from so-and-so and And just being, being real about your influences versus um, pretending you invented a thing is Mm -hmm. a big thing. Uh, I, I I know that you probably think I went off topic when I was talking about, especially, you know, uh, black women dying in childbirth, but that's just like, I, I would feel really remiss to um, not use my voice to talk about, that kind of issue uh, when I have people who are listening. So the, the, you know, the 300 or so people a week who listen to episodes of this podcast um, who maybe didn't know that was a thing uh, can, can hear it. And as, as white people, we, we do have a voice and you know what? We created a lot of these problems, so we should freaking solve them um, is how I feel about that. And I get kind of angry, angry thinking about it. So uh, I would be, and you can look at us as being absolute f-ing hypocrites because uh, you know what? We haven't had um, very many people of color on the show and that's, that's messed up. And that's something that I would like to uh, rectify this year as much as possible. I think, yeah, that's not an unfair criticism of our own show is in reflection of what we're trying to accomplish. And um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's totally fair, fair ball. Yep. So, uh, Anyone you want to see on the show, send us a message on Instagram. Andrew checks those now. I don't check them anymore. Um, I don't check the general or the message requests anymore, I should say, after uh, an incident. incident. (laughs) (laughs) That was weird. That guy never never responded after you. Good. You were were, were polite. 
Yeah. I was direct. You were direct. You were fair. As I uh, as I attempt to be in my day to day life. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. The balance. The balance. The balance. Um, so I must bring balance to the force by naming my yeah. guitar BB-8. True. Yeah. So um, that's that's something I I will I think you and I can agree that we'll resolve to to do better this year. Um, we focused a lot on um, gender diversity, and I think it's time to. To, to, to take that further in the direction it needs to be taken and uh as a podcast with just two two white people yeah yeah no i think that 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 could be really good for us i think i think there's a lot that i i can learn as we continue to push forward um as we bring a lot of um i i can already off the top of my head i'm running through ideas of guests and whatnot but i i know just right off the bat as soon as my brain started to kick into the uh what are things that we could talk about that this is if we make this a push and initiative for the podcast, there's a lot that I personally can learn from that experience um, and just listening to others. And I think that in general for, for myself and as well as for a lot of other people, I think um, my contribution I like to make is just listen, listen to what other people have to say, listen to their experiences, believe them. Um, don't, don't try to shut down what other people have to say. I mean, there's so much diversity. Um, and don't take, don't take criticisms um, as uh, personally. Like, don't take them as judgments on your character. Don't take judgments on your actions or lack thereof as judgments on your character. Or do, if that's what it takes to get you to a, to, to start no, doing things differently. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, that's never, that's never, like, people get, what I mean is don't get defensive. Right, right, right. Don't, yeah. don't back up and start pushing back and like, no, like, no. listen to what people have to say. And if you're in the wrong, take it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, not always the best of that myself. I know it, I, just hearing that coming out of my own mouth, I know that's very hypocritical of me to say, uh, but it's something that I do work on trying to do better is if you've got something that I, I've screwed up on, uh, whether it be uh, a cultural issue or the way that I've handled something regarding diversity or, or uh, just something else, I just kind of, if I was just mean to you or if, uh, if I'm not a good co-host, like anything like that, like just tell me and I do my best to try and listen and internalize that. And I think that's something that a lot of culture and when it comes to diversity as i'm reflecting on black history month i think that's something uh that we could all learn to do better is listen use our ears we have ears let us hear uh mm-hmm. to what what other people have to share with us i remember that great podcast that adam Rohr had let him hear mm-hmm. yeah everyone should go back and listen to that podcast he did a really great job agreed yeah I love Adam. Uh, cool. On, on that note, I actually have family. Uh, they're almost to my house. So I do need to bounce. Um, I hope you, that your, your migraine has gone away, but I'm not sure. It's it's, I think it was like started to tickle the back of my head at the beginning of the show and it's not, not backing down. So I think I might need to go lay down for a little bit and uh, let the yeah. room spin. All right. Well, for everybody else, thanks for listening. Thanks for understanding until next time. Goodbye. One, two, Bye. Three.